Hey there, community. My name is Boo, Community Evangelist with the F5 Dev Central team, and looking forward to chatting with you all today in the community uh, here on Dev Central Connects. We have a couple guests today, actually, uh, to talk about common server hardware and running big IP uh, on top of that hardware. So that should be pretty interesting as far as the conversation goes. We will bring them on in just a moment here, but a couple things that I did want to go through. Dev Central Connects is in support of the Dev Central community, and you can find this community at community.f5.com. On there, you'll find our technical forums, our technical articles, our code share. We have some industry chat on there as well, and we have events that are happening on there as well. Uh, so a couple of things that I wanted to go over just before we get into chatting about uh, any of the topics today is actually if you head over to community.f5.com, I want to feature a couple of things. Uh, and one of those things is this events tab. If you go over to this events tab, you can see all the things that are happening in the broader F5 community and in the Dev Central community as well. And we have a community lab coming up. It's actually pretty quick. This is coming up on Tuesday, December 13th. Uh, myself and Aubrey will be hosting and, and teaching this uh, automation and orchestration tool chain 212 lab, automated application deployments with Big IP and AS3 or Application Services 3. Um, this is going to be uh, a lab where we can run it asynchronously. So we'll actually open the lab for 72 hours. I won't be there live for 72 hours, but we'll kick things off with a bit of a live session, talk through what we're going through in the lab and get you started and set up on the lab. And then otherwise it's self-led. So you'll have a lab manual. You can go through the lab uh, on your own, but at the same time, we'll actually open up a thread on the Dev Central forums, and then you can ask your questions on there. Um, and, you know, if, if need be, we can jump on live and we can talk about stuff as well. We have lots of options there. So just wanted to highlight that. And another thing that I will highlight actually is that we have groups on Dev Central. And so along uh, the Dev Central navigation bar, if you go along the top, there's community groups and there's a group called Dev Central Connects. And you want to stay tuned in on there as well. And the reason why you want to do that is that, first of all, we discussed the show, the, the live stream on there. And so every week we'll have a thread about the show. So you'll find all of the links that we're actually going to discuss on the show inside of that thread. And what you can do is you can kind of pre-engage with us and talk about uh, the topics before we even get on the live stream. So if you have something uh, that you wanted to bring up, we can actually uh, we can actually talk about it on the show on there. So last week we had a couple of things. This week I had a I had a, a post or a poll on LinkedIn about the Neuralink uh, announcements, and so we can talk about that later on when we talk about the the news later today. But we have some information about our guests uh, that are on there as well, so that is worth checking out ahead of time. And one more thing I'll mention about uh, the advantage of joining the Dev Central Connects group on Dev Central is that. Once in a while, we have pop-up shows, and Jason is running uh, these pop-up shows right now for live coding. So when Jason, you know, he's, he's always got ideas popping out of his head, and he's got ideas for improving iRules or things that he wants to discuss with the community about iRules or other coding stuff as well. And so if you check out the Def Central Connects group, he'll actually give you some advanced notification when he's doing those pop-up shows. And you can actually, you know, he has a setup so you can jump on live with him and code with him in VS Code, which is pretty cool. So I think you should look at that this week if you uh, are interested in those pop-up shows. So you join Dev Central uh, or the Dev Central community. It's free to join. You just um, 
sign in with an email address and then uh, head over to the groups and you'll find the Dev Central Connects group on there and you can uh, be a part of that. Um, one more thing that I will talk about as well is that just recently a couple of videos that we did have come out on the Dev Central YouTube channel and you should be or you should be subscribed to that because you'll also get notifications there on when um, those pop-up shows happen. Uh, but a couple of the videos that have recently come out have been uh, lightboards and brightboards. And so I've been doing these brightboard lessons where I draw digitally on a screen and talk through certain subjects. And so recent last week we had one that was released around um, cl uh, distributed cloud bot defense, uh, an F5 product that you can actually integrate with your Amazon CloudFront deployments. And so that one is worth checking out. I also did one on Anycast versus global server load balancing and just talking through those two concepts and where you might want to use one over the other. And then today's subject that we will talk about in just a few moments is actually running a big IP on common server hardware, namely on a Dell server or an HP server. And so Peter Silva did a lightboard uh, on that subject as well. Lightboards is still a thing. I mean, you know, it is, uh, it, it's analog and Peter Silva is still a master of communications. Nothing has changed there. And so you want to check that out and, and go through that topic. Um, also, actually, one more thing that I wanted to bring up here is if you go to community.f5.com and check out in the technical forums, our uh, colleague Leslie Herbutis does a, where is it now? Let me find Leslie on here. Um, she does a community highlights for the week. Uh, so this was just published yesterday and she talks through some things that were happening in the community. So she also gives the tip that you should be joined to the Def Central Connects group uh, as well to be notified of these pop-up shows that Jason will be doing. And then a number, number of other things that were highlights within the community, some contributions by our community members. So please check out uh, the community highlights as well. So uh, that being all said, let me get this off of the screen here. And um, I'm going to bring on uh, Aubrey King in uh, just a moment here. Hey, Aubrey, how's it going? Not bad. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, last week, we actually talked about some changes that are happening with Dev Central Connects. And um, one of the things is Jason is really focusing and doubling down on some of these live coding efforts. And Aubrey, you have been doubling down on, I mean, you were already doubled down anyways on security focused <laughs> topics, uh, releasing a security podcast in conjunction with the F5 CERT and the F5 Labs teams. Um, and uh, this month in security and this week in security. So all those things that you have going on. Uh, and so there's always security every week. And so you wanted to bring up some uh, this week in security, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, it, it's funny how that works because uh, if anyone hasn't seen this month in security, I definitely highly recommend it. Of course, I'm, I'm biased uh, for sure. But the idea behind that is we really filter through um, a lot of community news uh, and kind of maybe low level, uh, if you will, um, news articles from SIRT and kind of bubble them up so that the biggest events of the month get talked about uh, with myself and with uh, with F5 Labs as well, most of the time we get to actually integrate some of Labs's findings into what we're talking about in these, uh, you know, in these news articles as well. So for me, it's it's a rather exciting vantage point, right? I get to see these things from start to kind of finish where you guys consume uh, 
uh, all this in whatever format you want, whether it's a long YouTube video, a long podcast, or uh, or clips at the uh, you know as we go through the month. Fantastic. So okay. this uh, this week we've got uh, some this week in security. That's right. And uh, one thing to note, of course, this month's editor or this week's editor, sorry, is Arvin F. So the user is Arvin F. If you have questions on this, that's one of the beautiful things about Dev Central, right? If you have questions, you can just ask the community member. So Arvin F is a community member. Uh, and if you have questions on this, he's definitely here to be hit up. Now, if we kind of scroll down to the bottom, he had a, he had a very, very long um, editorial this week. Which is not, you know, necessarily uh, typical, but you know, it, it depends really on the the engineer that is going to give us the news for the week. Uh, so the first thing here really is we've got uh, th this is ancient CVEs, right? We've been having. Uh, if, if anyone thinks a CVE, you know, you patch it, you forget about it, and it's over. Well, it's not over. We find that you know, a lot of the CVEs right now are from 2017 uh, and even older. I was talking to you, Boo, earlier about. Uh, a, a hack that we talked about that is 20 years old in SQLite. But this one is only a few years back and it's in the BOA web server from Microsoft, which has been deprecated. Um, if you want to know more information or to know if you're impacted um, or if you don't know what BOA is, it really, it's an IoT-based web services platform from Microsoft. Again, deprecated, but it still impacts thousands of devices. Go check that for more. Uh, info and if you scroll down a little bit more, we've got also the Aurora botnet, which is fairly new. Um, that is gaining a bit of traction now uh, in in terms of architecture and whatnot. If you want to dig deeper, again, that's what this week in security is for. Moving on, we've got an article on uh, breaking and fixing and rebreaking Kerberos authentication in Windows Server. Uh, there's also a bit here on on Twitter account amnesty. I think anyone who's been paying attention to the news has seen. Some of these accounts are coming back, hmm. um, and there's a little snippet on kind of how that's being done. So it's it's a it's a not to be missed one. Hmm. There's also a hack uh, that that ended up occurring with um, DraftKings and more guidance from CISA. We always have guidance from CISA. Hmm. So wow, if you if you have any interest there, check it out. It's a big big news week actually, um, and and you can always find the latest security news right on community.f5.com. That's fantastic. Lots of great info on there. I'm going to check out a couple of those, actually. The, the Twitter stuff has been interesting over a little while. It's getting weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's getting real weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very cool. Well, thanks for that sharing that, uh, Aubrey. So everybody head over to community.f5.com to check that out. And without further ado, we're going to bring on our guests for today. So we've got Matt and we've got Steve joining us today. How's it going, guys? Very good. Howdy. Good, good. How are you both? Very good. Um, Matt and Steve are both F5ers. Uh, they're part of our business development group and they are solution architect and solution engineer, principal solution engineer, respectively. But we don't have the sweaters. Uh, that's what we're missing is the, the nice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is it no memo? Come on. No memo. Didn't get the memo. Oh, man. And um, actually, Steve's in Canada, too, so I don't know what happened there. That's right. In, in Ottawa, of all places. Well, it's a place where you really need the sweaters. I, I thought Canadians got two sweaters. Zero so far. <laughs> one's, one's in the wash just to, to cycle through them. Yeah. Um, okay, so thanks for joining us, guys. You guys have been working on a, uh, a bit of an endeavor with common server hardware. Uh, first endeavor being with 
the Dell and the HP servers. Maybe you guys can tell us a little bit about this uh, project you guys have been working on. Uh, sure, I'll, maybe I'll start and Matt can jump in at any point. So we wanted to take some real industry uh, blue chip uh, solutions. So right now we, we're gonna talk about Dell, but we're also right now also testing HP in the lab. And we want to buy some hardware and see how big IP could be, uh, you know, the F5 software could run on it in terms of a mainstream uh, server. So what we're looking for is not sort of a skunkworks project like a Cray supercomputer. We got the Dell R650. It's a very popular box. Uh, we populate it with um, the appropriate CPU and uh, we put in the appropriate amount of memory that would reflect a common uh, purchase. And we also want to see how long it would take to arrive on the loading dock. And we were able to get it. Uh, we specifically didn't pick anything internal to the box that would slow down delivery. And we were able to get this in a matter of business days. And we very quickly put on the uh, F5 software um, and just saw what, what, what can we do out of the box. So we uh, utilized some publicly available test and uh, measurement software from Ixia, the perfect storm, and we put it to work. And uh, we were quite surprised without any optimizations whatsoever with uh, Intel 25 gig in interfaces, we were able to push over eight gigabits per second uh, across big IP. And in terms of transactions, we were able to actually do over a half million uh, HTTP transactions per second with a full layer seven server emulated, um, you know, with a basic I rule and, uh, it was quite surprising that we, well, perhaps not surprising, it was quite welcome to see what we were able to do without any optimization in basically 30 minutes of uh, turnout. So maybe Matt, uh, what were your impressions of this uh, result? Yeah, the other thing I would mention is that we actually did use a hypervisor OS. Uh, we used VMware vSphere um, as our testing platform. So um, we didn't install it directly on the box. We we used the, the most common hypervisor to use today in the open market. Um, when we did the testing, I mean, we knew what we were probably going to get out of the box directly. And as Steve said, we did it. We did a test initially unconfigured, just bare OS. We we got the Dell disk. We installed it with the hypervisor, fresh and clean, put it into vSphere, did a couple of tweaks like a normal customer would do. We tried to we tried to make our tests more um, what a customer would do in their environment. Um, uh, I have a lot of experience with that because I used to work at VMware. I have a massive VMware background. So we we tried to make it as customer-centric as possible. And then we ran our tests. And that was kind of our goal. And then after we did our baseline tests, we started tuning it up. We started tweaking a few things that that we know that you know I knew from my days at VMware to um, some of the stuff that we learned from internal F5 engineers and we did those tweaks and Steve, what were those performance results after we did? Right after, and again, even the tweaks, which we have a document with screenshots, follow the arrows. Uh, we're talking possibly less than an hour at the most to do these tweaks. Uh, we jumped up by 25%. We went from eight gig to 10 gig and we were using the 10 gig license as you were with the F5 software, a big IP, you can buy different trim levels to, you know, meet the performance and price you're looking for. So you can buy a one, three, five or 10 gig license. So we put the 10 gig and we were right on 10 gig. So we think this hardware could probably maybe even go a bit farther if necessary. 
Uh, and in terms yeah, of trends, it absolutely can. Yeah, in terms of <laughs> transactions per second, was even more. It was over a hundred percent increase. We went to one point two million HTTP transactions per second. So, just very briefly, what we would do is we would tell Ixia to emulate a thousand users. And so it's coming into the big IP behind. We have 72 uh, emulated backend servers. So on the private side and those uh, those users would basically bring up TCP connections and they would do, a, I believe, 100 transactions. If you're really looking for throughput determination, there were very big objects, 512K kilobyte objects. So a lot of bandwidth. If you're trying to push it in terms of transactional uh, achievement, we use very small, about 128 byte. So that's basically how we were able to derive both throughput and transactional performance. Yeah, and and I saw somebody in the comments section ask if we were using the Intel SmartNICs. We were using the 25 gigabit E810s. Um, so we weren't using them for SRIOV, we weren't using them anything uh, beyond just using the, the VMX net driver directly with uh, the big IP in this case. Now, could our numbers have been bigger? Absolutely. Um, we didn't go into the high performance structure where you start getting into like um, SRIOV, starting to utilize more of the NICS capability using smart NIC technology and all of that. Um, we haven't gotten to that phase yet. We are looking towards doing that. I'm very interested in seeing those kinds of results. We just wanted to see if you as a customer needed to like couldn't buy a big ip you know hardware because of supply constraints could you go buy a hypervisor os with vsphere on it and run and get good results and that was our aim for this yeah i i loved i love that question daniel actually that was one that uh, that i i had asked these guys yesterday to to see if we could talk about that um you also added on uh, hypervisor and you thought bare metal <laughs> i just wanted Not to quite. say as far as the you know the uh, high performance VE though you have if you run it on SSD especially you're taking out so much vert IO it's real close to bare metal so just wanted to give a shout out to the high performance VE folks absolutely with with that Matt is there are there plans uh, for you know for that high performance to to kind of come forth it looked to me like this was only uh, VMware yeah. um, today but you know obviously the high performance requires KVM at this point, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, actually, a little mistaken. Um, so you can do yeah. high-performance VE both on the VMware platform as well as the KVM platform. I mean, the hypervisor is just Good. the underlying operating system that that kind of runs it. It's different, obviously. They, they do their things a little bit differently from each other. But to get a high-performance virtual edition uh, big IP, all you have to do is really tweak it in a specific way that it's going to make it go. Like I said, we kind of went with phase one, just see what we got, get a little bit more performance, max out the 10 gig to its full potential. Um, getting it to the high performance market, I've done testing both in VMware and in KVM with SROV and gotten 40 plus gigabits per second out of a big IP. Like you can do that once you know how to tweak it. If you add in cards like, um, what are those things called? Uh, the uh, Intel acceleration, uh, cards, oh, uh, the oh my God. QAT cards, QAT, cards. QAT yeah. yeah. If you add a QAT card and you can get more performance based on that. So something down the line I'm really looking towards doing is some of that more enhanced testing. A lot of our backend engineers do that already, but I want to take their knowledge and I want to make it as public as possible. So that way a normal consumer with a hypervisor do that work 
and it's easy to read and easy to consume. Excellent aim. Um, <laughs> and maybe for just clarifying for folks, when we say high performance VE, if folks aren't familiar with how you would purchase a big IP virtual edition, you can buy a standard. I think what most people would recognize as big IP virtual edition in licenses of uh, 200 meg. Uh, I know there's like a couple of variations on smaller ones, but 200 meg, let's start there. One gig, three gig, five gig and 10 gig. And then what you guys have just kind of dived into is we also have a, a separate license called the uh, uh, High Performance Edition that is more uh, focused around the CPUs that you unlock as opposed to um, a, li a limitation on the bandwidth itself. Yeah. Just in case and, folks are going to their sales reps and trying to map this out. And, and for giggles, I even ran a test after we did all of our testing here. And just with the basic tweaks that we did in the guide that Steve uh, published, um, I put the high performance license on it. And just like I said, with the bear tweaks, we got around 15 gigs per second. With, like we changed it from a 10 gig license to a, a high performance. We got that. And that's not even with all the full tweaks. Like that was just the simple tweaks. So oh, yeah. you can see how much more we can get out of ours. Once we understand the hypervisor, once we understand the software that runs our software, we can make it better for, for the environment. Nice. Yeah, I think um, if I'm not mistaken, even Intel displayed the high performance virtual edition. Um, I think I want to say 2015 or 2016 at Mobile World Congress at 100 gig. Very tweaked, though. That's mm -hmm. different. Yeah, that's extremely tweaked. So, that's yeah, fun. the tweaks that we did yeah. for this are they're all documented They're Some of them are simple things like we disabled hyper threading and we give the justification. Why did we disable hyper threading? It's a, you know, it's a single application that we're using the, the box for. It's the big IP. Uh, five software. We also did things like make it a performant mode at both the BIOS level and at the hypervisor ESXi level so that we don't have cases where we're continuously waking up the cores, like we keep them in performance mode. Uh, we did some uh, things at the NIC, at the host level where, you know, a single TCP connection can, you know, leverage, you know, four cores, um, you know, receipt side scaling. But we also did virtual NIC uh, optimizations where, you know, um, a, a virtual NIC can basically, um, you know, can basically talk to four different queues on the Intel uh, NIC card. So we can actually access more than one hardware queue. So that's how we can get that extra couple of gigabits per second. Obviously, that's the secret is all the secrets are all in the document. Yeah. And, and like I said, everything is based on the hypervisor. So we're tweaking based on the hypervisor and its needs to make it work correctly. So that's that's the piece that we're we're adding to this equation. So the research team has dropped the link to this article in the, the chat. If you are checking this out live right now, if you're not checking the, this out live, check out the show notes. The show notes are over in the Dev Central Connects group and you can find all the information on there. You can also find uh, links to get in touch with Steve and Matt if you want to ask them really deep technical questions in their LinkedIn <laughs> inboxes. Um, I'm sure they'll they'll uh, help you out with that. A better route is actually leaving a comment in the show thread and uh, we can respond to everything on there as well. Um, having said that, we're gonna move on and we're gonna talk about a couple other things that have uh, come up recently. Actually, one of the things is a thread that I started on the Dev Central 
uh, forums, which is your 2022 holiday tech debt catch up. I am very interested to find out what other people are going to be working on if it is a time where things slow down for you. I have a lot of training that uh, has been sitting in my inbox that I'm supposed to actually get done soon. And so I need to work on that and some documentation. Um, and then Daniel, actually, who is watching live right now, if he's, I believe he still is, uh, let us know about a couple of things that he's working on. Try Hack Me and Crypto Hack. And uh, I opened those up. Those are pretty cool learning uh, platforms for cybersecurity. So worth checking out. And then otherwise, we've got some news uh, to talk about today. And maybe one of the things that we can talk about here, I just want to jump into this one because everybody's talking about right now. This is OpenAI, uh, their new tool, Chat. GPT, have you guys been playing with this at all? I haven't. Um, I read what you sent me the other day about it, and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I've been enjoying your playing with it for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's been it's pretty fun. fun. Uh, so, for folks who are not familiar with this, and I have a link brought up right now, but you might be listening to this via audio podcast, which will be out very, very soon. Um, is uh, ChatGPT is a uh, natural, in, interactive, natural language AI uh, bot, basically. So think of like Siri, um, but a Siri where you can ask it some pretty crazy questions and it will return something in very natural language, including code. So there's already, I, ha I didn't pull up this article, but there's already a policy update on Stack Overflow saying that do not submit answers that were generated by AI uh, for your code. So I think we got to go on Dev Central. I think we got to update the policy to say don't submit iRules that have been AI generated uh, on there. Uh, a couple other interesting use cases here, debugging your code, like telling, get, inserting code into ChatGPT and then having it debug the code for you. Uh, detecting security vulnerabilities. Uh, OpenAI can detect uh, cross-site scripting uh, in here. I don't know like how far it can go, but you know you gotta uh, we gotta realize that you know at F5 we have technology that's based on artificial intelligence as well. So I don't know exactly how they implement it, but it could be some of this on here. Sure, there's sure there's not just some guy in the background just answering the question. <laughs> it does take a few moments for it to uh to return an answer so yeah it's possible uh this one here i had another article that i didn't insert but i could insert it uh, as well is deploy a, a virtual virtual machine so this person actually opened up a shell inside of uh, chat gpt and then they actually pasted the command not in this one here in the other article i'm talking about they actually pasted a command to launch a docker container inside of ChatGPT. So you can kind of see where this is going. People are starting to play around, mess around in, inside of the platform itself. And uh, and uh, yeah, do do weird things or do things that are have unintended, unintended um, use cases. Um, yeah, lots of other stuff on there. Um, if you haven't checked this out already, check it out. We'd love to see what you're playing around with this. Uh, I think there would be some cool, you know, aside from the fun games that you can play with this uh, thing, there's going to be some cool use cases out of it when you start unlocking the API and and uh, and mess around. Um, okay, next one here. Let's go to actually we were talking about cars earlier um, today, and so this one I don't know if you guys had a chance to to run through <laughs> that. Volkswagen is not on this list, but um, <laughs> car hacking. Oh, man. 
And this was interesting in that just realized, or they just realized, and I just realized as well, is that Sirius XM is actually a provider, not only of satellite radio, but because they have all that connectivity, I guess, it made sense for them to actually do uh, get into the world of car automation to the point where they actually are the provider for car automation connectivity for Honda, Nissan, Infiniti, Acura. And through some fuzzing, folks realize that they can, here's the list here, Nissan, Infiniti, Honda, Acura, Fiat, Chrysler, and Toyota. Um, <laughs> and through some fuzzing, they uh, were able to actually take over somebody's car um, through their app. Yeah. So. Fix it again tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> See, what we were talking about earlier is just old school cars, not connected. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, yeah my, my GTI was definitely not connected to anything except the road. Yeah. The only thing the Sirius was connected to was an antenna in its own little box <laughs> that was connected to the stereo. Like, uh, yep. I mean, yeah. th this is kind of one of those things where when you have everything connected for convenience, it creates more problems potentially down the line. Like, I, I mean, your car is your most, you know, trusted asset that you have. It helps you get your, your life to work, you know, your family to wherever they need to go. And it just scares me to see like people can hack into these things and control it just from serious FM. Like that, that, yeah. that to me is just like crazy. It is a little unnerving. I'll say, you know, that we, we see that more and, and more, and there've been some pretty big hacks on some of these platforms too. Yeah. So. This is also why I don't own a Tesla either. Um, I just, I, I, I'll give whoever wants to, you know, own one of those the credit, but I'm just, I'm not there yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, at this point, any of these vehicles can do some pretty similar things to like the core functions that, like I have a Tesla and, and some of the things that I would do remotely is warm up my car or start my car or unlock my car or roll down the windows. And at this point, a lot of these cars have those same functions at this point. So any of these where you have your car connected app, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's possible. And they, they did this, this through fuzzing, uh, through actually just doing some sniffing over somebody gave them um, their credentials to their Nissan. Uh, and then they installed the Nissan app and, and did this. Um, so this this actually here tells the story, but it tells the story after they actually reported this and mm -hmm. it was fixed by Sirius and stuff like that. So we get to learn from it. We don't get to exploit this one, but it, it could spark some ideas in folks, depending on how they look at the world. Wait till that chat GPT gets a hold of this uh, Sirius information. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I'd also wonder. And we're going to ask yeah. it. To I'd also wonder, yep. like, as these cars age, like, they're not going to get patches forever. Mm -hmm. And then what becomes of them in yeah. that case? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You know what? I I would think that you would just cut off the car at that <laughs> point. Like, you're, the car is the client at that point. And you would say, you know what? Clients older than 2018, you're cut off from... Um, the new, latest version of the API, perhaps. Yep. Which kind of sucks because uh, your your car has an expiry date on it, software wise, not just mechanically wise. Yeah. Yep, that's a persistent um, attack surface. I think that's what they call it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, folks, we are at time today, so let me pull this off. But uh, 
yeah, thank you very much, uh, Matt and Steve, Sorry. for joining us today. Um, we do have all of the the links um, in the show notes. We have the links to get in touch with you guys. So uh, we have everything we need to be able to, you know, further our um, knowledge on installing VE Virtual Edition on common server hardware. So thanks a lot, guys, for thanks joining for us. Having us. Thanks for having thanks, us. Guys. All right. Well, that was fun, Aubrey. We got to chat about a lot of fun stuff today. Yeah, it was. That was a fun one. I like the new format of the show. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, good times. Um, just a reminder that we will have, um, you know, more this content available pretty soon. I'm, I'm very strongly hinting at this at this point where I was kind of lightly hinting at it before, but very strongly hinting that this will be available uh, in an audio podcast format uh, very soon. Um, and also, you know, we've heard everybody uh, as far as what they've, uh, you know, what they've liked about the shows and whatnot, realizing that, hey, you know, some of the longer interview stuff might be work better in other formats. And so this will kind of talk about things that are happening in the community. This, the show is for the community and connecting with the community. So we'll talk about the community and we'll talk about what the community is interested in the broader IT industry. Um, but, you know, there's still a need to focus uh, double down on some of those other topics as well. So we'll have those topics. We'll just format them a little bit differently in uh, in the other uh, shows and, and the stuff that Jason does as well, um, uh, compartmentalizing them into there. So really excited about the stuff that we'll have going into uh, 2023. Me too. Good times. All right. Thanks a lot, folks. Um, if you haven't subscribed already, hit subscribe down below or join us on uh, community.f5.com or like us on Twitter or on Facebook or on LinkedIn. We're on all the places. Um, and otherwise, we'll see you all next week. <laughs>